Hello, we're back again. This time however, we're taking time away from a normal podcast, and we've decided to give a voice to the fans of Scanthorpe. Peter Swan, this is an open invitation, you know where we are, and we welcome your response. We'll make time for you, name your time and place. They say if you stare at the word Scanthorpe long enough, you'll see a hidden word. You'll also find the same word in the boardroom. It's the lower league look. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, not children, because it's too late. You should be in bed, and this really ain't a show for you. I can tell you after the conversations we've just had. Welcome to a special lower league look. I don't think this is going to be episode 11. This is going to be 10.5, because it's going to be the lower league look, Scunthorpe edition. Um... Just before we get into some stuff here tonight, I'm going to just say uh, some people who have watched before will notice that Grant's missing. Grant is out for his birthday. Um, any other reason we'd have been annoyed. But if you look at the badge in the middle, I've done a little thing for him just to show that he's gone on his birthday. There we go. He's got a hat on. Uh, enjoy it, Grant. He's got to see a show in Glasgow. So tonight, guys, we're uh, we're doing this special. We're joined by Max and Stu. Um, Stu, is it Stu or Stuart? What do you prefer? I, I Dave? I've been called worse. No, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and these, these guys are here. Um, we, we invited, we were an open forum. We sort of invited any Scunthorpe fans that wanted to come on. Um, Max was sort of very, very heavily pushed. To Everyone was mentioning Max. And Max, I'll be honest, you have your haters as well. Um, much like me when it comes to Bradford, so I wouldn't wouldn't worry about it. So we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about the Scunny situation. The reason we're doing this is we've mentioned every single week since about week two that we've heard no noise from Scunthorpe when you guys have been in the trouble that you're in. Um, it seemed to be that you were just going down without any fight, without no complaints. Um, and then I went on your Facebook page to ask one of you to come on and my inbox went insane. Um that's not the case. It seems to be that there's a lot of things going on at the club that are maybe suppressing those conversations from happening and those views. So we're going to share some views that other people have had that they've sent me. I'm going to get your views on them. So I want to just touch on the season. Um, and I've gone a little bit back further because the last sort of run that you guys went on, you got four wins on the bounce January to February last year, finished with a game at Harrogate. Since then... You've won six times in 63 games. Yeah. Um, four wins this season, 12 draws, 24 points, stuck at the bottom. And uh, without wanting to sort of piss people off, you are going out of the Football League. It's, right. it's happening. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, yeah. What, uh, we're going to come to the ownership, but what's it been like in terms of match days this season for you guys? It's just inevitable. That's what it seems. Like you said, four wins um, all season. We've got more red cards and wins this season. That's how bad it's been. Um, but yeah, it's just inevitable. It's going to be another loss. Um, the, the squad's just not good enough. Not that I'm putting the blame on them or the manager. The squad's just not good enough. Um, and it is just gearing up for another loss. It's just kind of how many You've seen our goal difference. When we get beat, it's not 1-0. It's 3, it's 4. It's, it's just, There's just nothing there to make you believe that we are going to get out of the situation we're in. We're, we're looking at about seven games left of the season now, and I can't see us winning a single one, unfortunately. 
I know there's plenty out there that, you know, have that delusion of hope at times. They want to believe that we can just turn this on its head and, and win seven on the bounce and stay up. But realistically, is that going to happen? No, it, it just isn't. No, we yeah. we sort of said your your sorry just before you on that with the where's the point going to come from? Your chance was Saturday, was coming up against Harrogate, who were on an awful awful run of form. That was for us. We we said it in the the, the show before. That was your chance. If you were going to pick anything up, it had to be that game and three nil Harrogate. Um, to, sorry, go on, Max. No, yeah, I mean, you make a good point about Harrogate, actually. You know, um, before Saturday's going, Harrogate had the second leakiest defence in the whole of League Two. Obviously, we had the leakiest. But, you, you know, you're thinking, right, let's create some chances. Let's put them under pressure. We could have stayed there till midnight and played against a lot of bins and we weren't scoring on Saturday. Um, you know, the, the week before, we lost 5-1 away at Salford. And let's be clear... That was nowhere near to being the worst performance of the season. Like I, I can think of half a dozen that was significantly worse than that. At least we scored. Um, you know, <laughs> our, we we got rid of our three at the time, our, our three top goal scorers in January. Um, at this moment in time, in terms of players at the club, nobody scored more than two. Own goals is currently our joint top scorer at this moment in time. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, where, where do you start? There's, it's, if there was just one or two things wrong, you might look at it and go, OK, we can try and fix that, we can try and tweak that. It's everything. It's absolutely everything at this moment in time. And, you know, even if we did win seven on the bounce, that would get us to 45 points. I don't think that would be enough. Um, you know, sides go down in League 2 with 45 points. So Christ, I hope it is enough. Um, so on on that basis I mean well I I gave up hope in you know July when I saw the quality or lack thereof of the squad being assembled but you know you win the odd game you're here and there and you think and and that's the thing as well is to go down in League 2 you do actually have to be really 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 crap Um, my word of we pass out with flying colours yeah where to start, lads? Where to start? I think the lowest points top that anybody's got in League Two is 20, uh, 30 points. We're not near that, and I'm wondering how we actually ever going to reach that. Seven games left. We've got to get six draws, say. So we ain't going to win anything. But we could end up being the worst team League Two has ever seen. It's, that's how bad that's. That's yeah. That's not a stat you want. That's not a record you want, is it? I mean, no. let, let's let's look at players because you mentioned players there. Um, Chris, jump in at any point and just tell me to show up. It's fine. Um, you spoke about your players and you said you obviously your squad's not good enough. It's not um, the, the manager situation. The manager can't be blamed for what's going on this season. Obviously, we'll go into that later. But do you think this squad is good enough for the national league? No. So are we to, are we looking at a potential down again situation next year if things don't change drastically at the top? Yeah, even the most optimistic of fans are thinking mid-table next season in the National League. Um, and that's your most optimistic fans. We're looking at all the players that are out of contract that will be leaving. And, and even the players that we'd wish to keep, there must be maybe five tops out of the whole squad that I think, yeah, we'll keep them. The rest of them, yeah. including a lot of the January signings, that they can go. 
it's just not good enough. Um, again, it's, it's no blame on the players. I'm sure they're giving... Well, at the time, it doesn't seem like it, but they're giving what they've got. It's just the recruitment policy and, and, and the standard recruitment's not been good enough. I think, yeah. I think one thing for me on the outside is looking in, um, and I, I mentioned this on the previous podcast, was that you sold your best striker in January to Bristol Rovers, Ryan Loft. And for me, that was literally, you'd already decided, sorry, you know what, there's absolutely no point, you know, we're, we're not going to do anything. And that's January. And, and for, for an outsider looking in, I just found that the most bizarre um Transfer without a doubt in in January. I think you know the you know the players that you need, especially when you know that you've scored the goals that you have. You need your Ryan Lofts in in there, and 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 I just found that re- incredibly bizarre. Yeah, and and it looks even more bizarre when, when you look back on it now. Um, you know, you know, we'd had our warning last season where we, when we finished twenty second. You know, only the fact that Grimsby and Southend was you know. Had, had such massive off-field problems, saved us. Lost goals kept us up last season. They were the difference between us finishing third bottom and, 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 and second bottom. So then when you get to January this season, and you think, right, we're going to sell him the Bristol Rovers for the grand total of 60 grand. It was about, it was about how much we got for him. Um, you're then under massive, massive pressure to go out and scratch about and improve your side with three or four key players. Um, we also... Um, let midfielder and very versatile actually he's probably been our best midfielder this season Miles Hippolyte mm. he's got he went to Stockport yep he's been playing every week for them he scored on the weekend Stockport are now about 9 million points clear at the top of the conference and I dread to think how many they beat us by 4, 5 like comfortably um, so yeah it, it was you know you look at that recruitment and well you know, let's let's address the elephant in the room here, which is that the chief scout is the chairman's son. Um, and, you know, they announced that with a big press release on the club's website and they expected the reaction to be amazing. Um, lo and behold... So, so what's, it, what's his background? What's his background, the chief, the, 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 the owner's son? What's... So he, 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 I believe he's in his mid-twenties. Uh, fabulous start. Um, had previously worked for like a kind of football agents, a lifestyle management sort of agency in Manchester. Um, had done, you know, had been around the club on the basis that his dad owned it. And that's it. Um, also, so I, ima- I imagine he also played football manager quite a lot as well. So yeah. <laughs> there's, hope well, there's, all, there's hope for us all. Yeah. There is. Um, clearly, we, clearly, we made a mistake by not having rich and famous dads. And, you know, unfortunately, again, you put yourself under more pressure in that situation. So, right, now we have to deliver the goods because people are going to people are going to look at this and they're going to make judgments. And, yeah, you know, partic- particularly in a town like Scunthorpe, where very few people have got, you know, dads and family members who are millionaires and well-connected and can put them into jobs in the football industry just like that. It's It's gone down like a lead balloon. And, fittingly, we are getting relegated like a lead balloon. Well, speaking of speaking of rich, like rich dads, my, I think my dad's really rich because he he went to the shop thirty years ago and he's not come back, so I can't think what his bills are when he gets to check out. He's gone on a right shopping spree. Um, but no, like a serious point. Players, we Stuart, we spoke yesterday about players that have left you, and Chris, we've got a few 
Mm. Just look at Chris's background because Chris is, you know, not 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 that they're feeling bad enough as it is with the season. Chris has not only put a Bradford player up, he's put a picture up of that Bradford player who's a local lad for Scunthorpe wearing a Scunthorpe shirt. Uh, Levi Sutton um, plays for us. Another one, Abo Issa, um used to play for yourselves. Now, we we can't, we don't really have too much of an opinion because he's, he's been injured. But another one, and I didn't know this, um, Stuart, you brought up, was Songo. Of course. Um, Songo played for yourselves. And you're... And this is where we're going to transition into the the, the, the boardroom, the owners, um, or the owner. He let Sutton go because he believed he could get better for cheaper. Or oh, that's what the, 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 the conversation seems to be. Now, if there is better than Levi Sutton out there for less than what he is being paid even now, please send him our way because you... That is a player, especially when he's a local lad. Like he plays well for us, plays really well for us. I can't even begin to think how well he would play if he was from Bradford. You know, with that little bit of an extra incentive when all his family's watching and it's his friends and it's his local area. Who are some others that have have gone? I mean, I know you've like when I look at players that you've you've had in the past. You know, Beckford Sharp. Uh, Hooper, Keo, th- those four there are sort of massive in terms of the history of these leagues. Like they were at mm. the time, they were. You, there was a time where you guys had players that we would have all taken off you in a, in a breath. Those and dreamed have, about and dreamed about having as well, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we mentioned the other day we spoke about how we wanted a an old <laughs> heading and Hooper's available, um, but he's probably a bit past it now but we'll we'll see but those players I wouldn't say count because they left quite a while ago but in terms of other players Sutton Isa Songo those sorts of players who else have you lost that you feel shouldn't have gone and the, the, obviously the ones that went in January who would you say was a, a mistake to let go and who have you brought in to replace them well really? the replacement thing is something that really irks me because even if you go back three four years ago we had the likes of Murray Wallace, uh, Dwayne Holmes, and Connor Townsend. Now, they all went for about £2.5 million total for the three of them. That money's not been invested back into new players. That money just seems to fall into the abyss, into a black hole. There's been no investment in quality players. What we've tried to do is bring in people, even before the embargo, on free transfers, on the cheap, on loan deals, and... Again, it's Will Swan and his football manager, isn't it? It, it? it falls back to that. The whole recruitment system that we had in place before Peter Swan took over the club under Steve Wharton, where we bought young players such as your Billy Sharps, your Martin Pattersons, your Andy Keogh's, your Gary Hoopers, and sold them a year, two years later for profit, that's what made the club sustainable. Mm. And that whole system has been scrapped. That whole system is just gone. And that... Yeah, it's what the club was built on. That was the business plan, if you like, that, that kept us sustainable and kept us afloat and kept us competitive. It's gone. It's just completely gone. Yeah. You, you, you always know, were. A... Go on, sorry. Go on, go on. Sorry, no, I was just about to echo what Stu said, really, in terms of, you know, we've we've got the lowest budget in League Two this season and it shows, you know, re- realistically as a club, to, especially at this level, to be successful, you've got to have one of two things. You've either got to have money, which, you know, corrects mistakes, 
Um, you know, you look at Salford, Forest Green, you know, in the end, they're going to get promoted because they're just going to throw enough cash at it that it'll solve the problem. If you don't have big money, what you've got to have is expertise. Um, and, you know, and there was a point four to five years ago when we were competitive in League One where you're thinking, OK, that, you know, there is investment here and that's making up for the lack of expertise behind the scenes. Unfortunately, then when you pull the plug on it financially, the the lack of a sound corporate operation shows and it's massively showed in the last four years for us. You know, this hasn't come out of nowhere. This has been on the cards for a number of seasons now. And, you know, I don't know about Stu, but I haven't spoke to any Scunthorpe fan who thinks we've hit rock, rock bottom yet. I haven't spoke to one school North fan who thinks we'll be in the top seven next season. I haven't spoke to one school North fan who thinks that we're going to go out in the summer and sign half a dozen quality players. Even the more optimistic ones are thinking, oh, yeah, well, we might finish 12th. You know, we might have a few new grounds. Um, and, yeah. yeah, as for the, the, the less optimistic of us, well, God knows where the floor is. But, but for me, and we, we touched on it previously, a lot of... That whole transfer structure was under Lee Turnbull, when Lee Turnbull was pretty much your chief scout. Now, Lee Turnbull left and Will Swan came in, and that's where, for me, it falls apart. Like uh, Max said, there was, there was a press release, and in that release it said that Will Swan, and this is a quote, will complement the path the football club are now on. What path's that? Directly downwards. So, do you know, there's, there's not been a clear path from, from the second Swan took over, really. And in the same statement, it spoke about Will Swan working with the under-23 squad and bringing those players through into the first team. What did Swan do? Scrap the under-23 squad. We don't have one. So it's just bizarre. Just absolutely bizarre. I think, like, for myself, on the looking on the outside, guys, um, I am incredibly worried about you next season. I'm incredibly worried about your future. Uh, I... I think that you might end up being a York City or even worse, and I hate to say it, you know, like a Macclesfield, a Berry, a Boston, you know, one of those teams. I really think you're going to struggle next season. And I think we've, you know, we, it, I've seen some great Scunthorpe teams. I've seen some Scunthorpe teams that actually put the fear through me when we, when you've come to Valley Parade or you've... I used to hate playing them. Oh, I hate it. I, I hate, I mean, like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved going to Glanford Park. I've had some great away days at Glanford Park. But I just do not, as an out, again, I don't know as much as you guys do, but I just do not see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm really concerned about you all. And it's, it's fucking horrible to see. Sorry, I swear. Yeah, I, I, I would, yeah, I would completely agree with that. You're not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would completely agree with that, even with the use of the F word. Um, you know, I was I was looking at the um, the National League North table the other day just to see, you know, who's coming up, who might be playing next season. And you know, I was looking at it, and there and there were some big clubs in that division. You know, Stockport were in there only a, only a couple of seasons yeah. ago. There's Chester, there's York, there's Darlington, there's Hereford, there's Boston, there's Kidderminster. You know, there's more than half a dozen clubs with. Lots and lots of League Two experience. You know, me and Stuart have seen Scunthorpe play many, many, many times. You look in the, you look in the National League. Um, it's, you know, it looks like Stockport are going to get promoted. It's taken them a dozen years to get to get back out, and obviously they dropped back down again first. Wrexham, I mean, they've literally got Hollywood money at this moment in time, and they, they, they might not still get promoted. 
Um, you know, it's taken yeah. them more than a decade. Um, it took Grimsby six years to come back the first time. It took Lincoln six years to come back the first time. It took Oxford, Cambridge. You know, it took you know relatively well-run clubs Lincoln. years and years and years Lincoln. to get out of that graveyard. And yeah. you know, if somebody offered me nineteenth in the National League next season, I would rip their arms off. I think I think that what Chris just touched on there is about the the possibility of doing the likes of a of a Berry a Macclesfield is an example to use is Halifax um, purely because Halifax have bounced back and I think we we said the other day we feel that one of the clubs that goes down out of this league is going to go bust in the summer we we do feel that we feel not ne- not necessarily bust but we re- we think the owner's going to pull out something's going to happen that's going to cause the club to be put into a, a difficult situation where they maybe do have to reform but you look at someone like Halifax it happened to them but they reformed they started seven eight divisions below i think it was and now they're knocking on the door of the football league again and i think that's that's possibly a a tiny little silver lining on a cloud that you don't really want above your club but unfortunately it's kind of there but let's let's touch on something here what i'm gonna do i had some inboxed messages um i'm gonna read you one here now it's fairly long but i'm gonna read it and i want you to pick apart disagree on the things that you disagree with um so, randomly, we weren't even talking either. It literally starts mid-sentence. I, I can't work it out. Um, it says, <laughs> honestly, it just goes, let's just put it this way. I'm like, okay, we're putting it this way. Fans are now posting, so this is about the owner, by the way. Fans are now posting his address on social media. Groups are planning on turning. He also has security staff who handcuffed a fan at the match on Saturday for going over the wall. Awful for people to see. We used to be sponsored by the likes of Mercedes. I think it's Mercedes. He put Merck, so I'm guessing it's Mercedes. Um, By Mercedes and other big names. And also had the likes of Billy Sharp and Gary Hooper in. We were promised a new ground. And then it was blamed on the council for not happening, saying they gave no planning permission when they did. We also feel like the security of the ground are not there to ensure safety, but to goad us into trouble so that we can be removed. We've sold any player who looked half good and maybe put... um, and puts nowhere near enough into the wage and transfer budgets. Our team is full of non-league players and rejects from other clubs. We are doomed. We no longer own the ground or training area like we used to. The owner has taken private ownership of these, and apparently we owe him 11 million. So we can kiss goodbye to the club at this point. We did a rough count from photos on Saturday, and it seems there were less than 800 home fans there, but they count it as over 1,000, whether season ticket holders turn up or not, which is standard across the league anyway. Um, they still get counted, even though most of them have either binned or burned their season tickets. Yeah. So on those points there, anything that you feel is maybe unfair or do you think that maybe he's been a bit lenient on the things that are going on? The only thing I'd ever disagree with is you don't turn up at somebody's house. The rest of it, completely agree with 100%. 100%. I I was going to come on that and I was going to come on that purely because another thing that I saw today and we know that there's going to be a lot of Scunthorpe fans watching this because we've had a lot of messages and a lot of followers coming from this. That don't post someone's address. It doesn't matter what... I get that football's a massive part of people's lives, but it is a game. And these are people that do have families. And you may not like the owner. He's got a family. They haven't necessarily done anything. The same thing, the stewards. The, uh, the stewarding company released a statement today. Now, 
I don't agree with the stewards handcuffing fans. I didn't think they could, but apparently, legally they can. The club have said that won't happen again, so hopefully that's going to be resolved. But the security firm did say that their stewards are now being threatened personally, directly on social media. There's been threats of going to their houses. Their families have been threatened. Don't do that. Guys, if you're going to complain and moan about the way a club is being run and say that you know it's not being run correctly and it's being run unethically, you've got to make sure your shit's in order. And by dragging people's addresses in, getting violent, making threats, you know better than the people that you think are ruining your club. I'm, I'm, I say think because we obviously don't know. So we've got to kind of remain impartial. And as as I, I said before we came on, I was meant to mention this at the beginning, to anyone at Scunthorpe, whether it be the owner, whether it be someone who wants to represent the club, if anybody wants to come on mm. and refute the things that have been said and mm-hmm. basically give the other side... We're not here to take sides in this. We're here to just give a voice because it felt to us like your voices have been silenced massively. Um, so, yeah, don't share our addresses. Guys, don't be dicks. It's rough and it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible situation to be in for anyone. Um, any club, we feel sorry for you. We really do. But you've got to draw a line at some stage. Um, so, yeah, that's that done. Let's let's go back to what he said. So, I'm interested yeah. in the 11 million yeah, so, 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 so that was owed to uh, the chairman's the chairman's company, um, which was the the parent company of the club, um, called Silk. Um, he, the the chairman and his family have got sort of a little group of companies, some to do with property investments and you know others to do with horse racing and other other bits and bobs. Now, theoret- theoretically, um, the transfer of the ground from um, Scunthorpe United, you know, our company's house to its parent company was due to be in exchange for the for the ground as it were so that it was about 11.3 million pounds was theoretically meant to be written off in exchange for that that ground um there has been does he does do they sorry do they value your ground at what's your ground valued at because ours for example is we we've been told it's around five to six million for for, for Valley Parade. Is that right, Chris? I'm, it's roughly that, yeah, isn't five, it? Five million. I think it's five point five. Eleven point three million to write off seems that 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 doesn't make sense for me. Like I'm not dissing Glamford Park, but it's not a it isn't a gra- an eleven million pound ground. Well, yeah. I, so so, oh, sorry, so sorry, I was just about to say so, so as a football ground, as of itself, it's worth a pound. Um, you know, it's 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 a depressed asset. Uh, the scoreboard hasn't worked since last season. It's in massive, massive need of a bit of tender loving care. You know, it's the, the physical structure of the ground itself is in a state of disrepair. What's valuable is the land. Um, so it's be, because it's on the edge of Scunthorpe rather than in the middle of it. It's surrounded by um, the retail parks to the north and northwest, the motorway to the west, and housing to the south. So. The club have currently got um, planning permission to build apartments at the east, sort of the back end of the east-facing car park, um, which the sort of the chairman's groups of companies have, have been involved with, and you know looking to do deals with with, with developers. Um, if you sold it tomorrow in little chunks to Tesco or to a big supermarket or to a big housing developer, it would potentially be be more val- valuable than you would think for just a piece of land in, in Scunthorpe. Whether or not it's worth exactly £11.3 million, I mean, 
is 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 tough to say. But that was the deal presented to supporters. Um, the, the club have been slow on acting on that. Um, you know, there, there still hasn't been a spade in the ground. And to be honest, um, some supporters are still drinking the farewell to Granford Park ale um, that was sold by the club, and there was never a spade put in the ground. So I'm I'm a little bit sceptical as to whether or not anything will actually ever happen on that front for various reasons. Um, but it's worrying. You know, we think about the, the clubs that we discussed earlier. You know, if clubs don't own their grounds, it presents a massive, massive issue for them in the medium term financially because you've got no insurance. It's the one tangible asset that you could go to, to the bank tomorrow with and say, we've got a tax bill to pay. You know, we need to pay the bills. Let's, you know, let's get funding against the ground. If you don't have that, and up until this was done last year, you know, Scunthorpe had owned the ground for 100 years. You know, this is a an insecure situation that as a supporter base, we've never been in. You know, there have been years and years where the club was debt-free, where exactly like Stu said earlier, where player sales, you know, kept it, kept it going and kept us, you know, sustainable and punching above our weight on the pitch. It's it's scary. It is. It's it's genuinely scary. I, I I couldn't say with any confidence where we'll be in five years' time. Um, I I don't think many supporters could either. I mean, he's literally taken the roof over our heads. That's exactly what he's done in this case. And like you were saying, with the development area, planning permission has been granted for I think 160 apartments on yeah. on that land. Is that is that confirmed? Is that like a is that a definite yes. public knowledge? Yes. Yeah, so they, okay. yeah, they, yeah. They def- they've got public public planning permission, but. It, it runs out in the summer because you get it for about three years. Admittedly, COVID happened, but if you're going to be doing it, you need to be doing it sharpish. So what's what's his... I mean, I'm looking up him up here, so I've got some information upon him here, and it doesn't look like he personally has a, has a big wealth, like a, a large amount of wealth himself. Does his money come from his partner? Is that is that where the, a lot of his money's come from? Because looking at this, his, his, his wife was the co-owner of Wilco, Wilkinson's, yeah. the, the, the shop, so, um, and sold the 50% back in 2014. Does that, is that where the money comes from? Because I'm, I'm trying to find this. Someone said online yesterday on Facebook in one of the comments that he's got a worth of over £400 million in terms of the family. Is that legit? Is that... Well, in 2013, when he took over, Forbes um, had him at £340 million, him and his family. Since then, his wife has sold her shares in Wilco's. Um, He's bought more racehorses. He's won, obviously, more cups with his racehorses, prize money, things like that going into it. Obviously, a lot of his wealth is from music venues and and obviously even, even the horse racing. That couldn't happen during COVID, so I'm sure he's actually taken a hit. But he's still a hell of a lot of money. And if we're talking the over £400 million, that would put him, I think, the third wealthiest owner in League Two behind um, Peter Lim and the Salford um, group, yeah. class of 92, and the Emirati owner of Bristol Rovers. So if that's the case, how are we in this position? Well, when, when you look at his... his so a website that I use which pulls up net worths and things, it's only got his personal net worth listed at the minute of about five million. Um, which that doesn't make sense because I'm reading here about the Forbes thing and yeah, 340 million, his family fortune. So he's he's personally not not worth it, but the family, the group is do you Yeah, do you but think there's something going on in behind the scenes there that's, no, that's you know, limiting his money. 
this is just usual business sense is what a lot of what a lot of businesses do if you look on like companies house and stuff like that is that a lot of the times like the directors or owners of uh, companies will put their spouses in there so i don't know if it's a tax thing or whatever it is so he might say he's only got five million but actually he obviously hasn't and that's that's that is that i mean that's protocol that's what people do i'm not saying for what reason they do that but that if you look at majority of companies again on companies house you'll find that their houses are directors and i think that that is something to do with that possibly yeah i I would yeah i I would agree with that and i think you know but it comes back to a a a lot of the previous issues and this is a problem with scum generally is that there's a lack of transparency Mm. and you know you can spend you know, as we may well do tonight, you spend an hour discussing something and you come out with more questions than answers. Um, and, you know, that's the that's the fear. It's exactly like I said a minute ago. You know, I'm not sure what the medium term future of the, of, of the club is right now. And that's clearly the case with the with with the financial position. I think Stu's right. I think their um, external businesses have taken a, a hit with um, with COVID. Um but you know, as a, as an owner of a football club, you know people get involved with football clubs for different reasons, different reasons. But no matter what that reason it might be, and I, I genuinely wouldn't wish to speculate, they can't be enjoying this. You know, uh, uh, the Saturday home game, you know, there was really prolonged chance for you know we won Swan out. Um, it was the same away at Salford the, the week before. Um, you know, it's the, the atmosphere around the place is just it's just awful. And um, you know, uh, and I think as well that's the thing is that. You know, we've never been a particularly militant fan base, I would say. You know, it's not it's not exactly Millwall as Scunthorpe. Um, you know, I can remember I can remember when Grimsby, you know, our big local rivals, when they first went down to the National League the, the first time round, you know, when it was confirmed for them on the last game of the season away at Burton. And, you know, they you know, there was basically a riot in the away end that day. And I, I can remember sitting back and laughing and going, Oh, that would that would never happen to us. Kids, if you're listening, it can always <laughs> happen to you <laughs> from bitter experience. And yeah, you know, the fact that we're protesting, you know, I've, I've never seen this in any uh, Scunthorpe games, full stop, you know, following them home and away for more than 20 years. I've never seen anything close to the atmosphere around the place this season, and it's completely self inflicted. But touching on the financial side of it, and going back to what you said about Ryan Loft going for 60,000. The word coming out is that it was a necessity because we need the money. 60,000. Like, we're we're scraping the bottom of the barrel there. And there's things that Swan said, it was only last week when he went on the Iron Brew podcast, that just do not make any sense. So he goes on, so he goes on podcasts. Does he, you said he, was he on a podcast last week? If you're favourable to him, yes. Yeah, come on here then. Peter Swan, come on here. We're not going to be dicks with you, but we have a lot of questions. And I think everyone does. And I think the whole of this league, and this is why we did it, we wanted to highlight these problems because outside of Scunthorpe, no one has heard any of this mm-hmm. until we've asked. Um, I'm going to read you another statement. I say statement, another message. It's not a statement. Um, it kind of goes on the similar lines. This one goes into a bit more depth. Um, now, I've got one more after this, and the, the last one I'm going to end the podcast with it later on because this it's just one line, and it, for me, it sums it all up, and it's horrific. Um, so this message here says, uh, we are perplexed too. The decline is all about the chairman, it seems. 
a continual decline due to letting all our good players go and each season signing players with less and less quality and experience. The chairman seems to have lost real interest as we've little experience and quality compared to most clubs in League Two. We lack older players with experience and at this level it shows each game. We've run around five or six in our last 60 games, which we know is six and 63, um, which is shocking. And we failed to sign an I'm guessing he means he's put M slash F. I think he means midfield slash forward player who can break up play and control for three seasons now. Likewise, not a, not signing a striker who can actually score goals and letting go of Van Van Veen. Yeah, yep. Kevin so Van Veen. Van Veen, McAtee, Wooten, Madden, Isa over the last three seasons and not replacing by any not replaced by anyone near the same quality. We are where we are because the recruitment has got worse. And also for some reason, players who don't seem to want to play for us, players don't seem to want to play for us. And if you see how well they do after leaving, we have to ask what is happening in the background. As players did want to come here because we were an ambitious club continually at the top end of League One in the championship. And of course now we're a laughing stock. The EFL on Quest have very little to say about us and ignore us. I'm going to come to that in a second because I have a question for you about that. A club that has past produced some really top-level players and had players here whose careers went on to bigger things. Most recently, Tony, Townsend at West Brom, Holmes, and in the past, Beckford, Sharp, Hooper, Keogh, Lansbury, Johnston, Duffy at Brighton, Mark Duffy, Cox, Keegan, Clements, Richard Hall, Matt Elliott, Graham Alexander, Jack Cork, Martin Patterson, Neil Poynton, I could go on and on. So it's sad to see. It's a mad list, isn't it? That's a dream team. That th- those players there on their day, wow. regardless of regardless of whether they covered the positions, that's a promotion winning wow. side. That's in terms of players you've gone championship. Um, and there's and there's and, and I have to say, there's more players I can think of who they haven't included on that list. Like that yeah. is that is not that is not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the no. imagination. Um, and then he goes on, he says, I could go on and on. So it's sad to see that the club, like many others, falling out of the EFL and the way that where the chairman is taking us, there's a lot of doubt if we'll ever get back. We need a buyer who cares, who has ambition and who isn't gung-ho like this one seems to be. Who thought who thought he could manage the club himself? We were given huge expectations by a new stadium, championship football and an exciting future. But it's all gone the other way as it's happened to some other clubs. We now just hope it won't get worse and we'll end up like Berry or others. Um EFL on Quest, and not just EFL on Quest, Sky Sports News, Soccer Saturday, you know, Five Live, any, any of those, no one is talking about Scunthorpe. Do you think, mm. based on what's going on, and we know this because the amount of people that have said it, there's there's kind of, anyone who speak, seems to speak out seems to get a letter in the post. Um, and that letter in the post is a threat of legal action should they continue. And I will say this to now, if he watches this, message me. I'll send you my address. Send me a letter. I'm not asked about that because as far as I'm concerned, we're not saying anything that's not factual here. What I will say is that you can't silence people. You haven't bought into a business where people just let you get on with it. Unfortunately, it's a football club. People want answers. People need answers because without these fans, you don't have a club. Um, here, here. Yeah. It's, it's also, it's also intrinsic to the community. You know, you've not, you've not bought a supermarket. You know, if I think of what's happened to Scunthorpe on a, you know, on a big macro level over the last 30, 40 years, you know, the steelworks is ten, you know, is ten percent of the size that it, that it, that it used to be. Um, you know, 
rise of loneliness, aging population. You know, what are the what when you're from a small little town, you know, you're not from Manchester, you're not from London. What are the two or three or four things that you've got in common? And, you know, football and also, you know, you're part of the World Rugby League, you know, it's absolutely massive to these towns. It's the one thread that's been running through over the last 120 years. And, you know, you see the effects that it's had on Berry and Macclesfield, you know, you're not talking about anything that's unthinkable here. There, there, there have been yeah. warnings on that front when you just let something slip and something slip and something slip. And I, I think that's the issue as well. I, you know, I, I think there's a reason why, well, I, I think there's two big reasons why Olden's issues, even I'd very happily swap places with them now, um, have, have had more yeah. attention. I think one, I think that's sort of the location you know, it's, it's it's Manchester. They spent a couple of years in the top flight. They're theoretically, you know, a, a bigger club with bigger history than than us. Um, but also, when it's come to the protesting issues and the ground and the ownership and the different things they've had going on, they've been really, really militant. You know, and I think that the one moment this season when there has been sort of, if you like, big media attention was when we were at home to Forest Green. We were actually away to this Saturday. Um, and that was when a group of supporters got uh, an industrial strength padlock and they locked the gates so you could you couldn't get in as as it were um i thought you know protest defines people generally personally i thought it was quite clever it wasn't abusive it wasn't loud it wasn't aggressive um there was a fire exit in case an ambulance needed to get in or out um and actually lo and behold that was when you know the bbc and others and the athletic turned around and went oh Maybe things are not quite right in Scunthorpe if they're if they're quite literally locking the club gates. Um, why didn't so, they stick with that attention? Do you feel why? Because they, they obviously reported on that. Why do you feel that anyone who's tried to report on it has has sort of made a little comment, made a little article, posted something, and mm-hmm. then gone and now I'm done? Like we, we like I mentioned these letters and I mentioned these. I, I kind of guess they're like cease and desist things. I think that's what what they are. Stop talking about me. Um, it baffles me because I can't work it out. I can't work it out, and I'd, I'd love to see one of these letters and just read it because it's you talk about freedom of speech in this country, and it, it does exist. Um, it used to be part of common law. Freedom of speech used to be part of common law, and I think in 1998 it became a human right. So, you know, we're, we're talking, we're saying things that are factual. I'm not calling him whatever word you know, people, I've seen him call some horrific things. I'm not going to do that because it's not going to achieve anything. One thing I'll say, if we're going to deliver any sort of message to Scunthorpe, because I think that's key here, not just talking about it. Mm. We've got to, we've got to feel that someone at that, 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 at that club is going to watch this or is going to listen to this. Someone's going to see it or get wind of it. <clears throat> if there is a bigger problem than they're letting on, there is absolutely no shame in going, we need some help. But until you do that, no one's going to stand up and go, let's get things back on track. Because at the minute, all you're doing is walking out and headbutting fans clean in the face every time they have an opinion. Don't Ironically, the, the only person within the club that seemed to be listening to the fans left. Mm. So before the statement came out about handcuffing fans and things, there was a statement about Simon Elliott leaving the club. Now, Simon Elliott was on the board of directors and first and foremost, he's a fan of the club. He engaged with the fans. He listened to the fans. And he's now resigned from his position and there's just been blanket silence on reasons why. 
And we respect Simon's privacy on that. But the, the rumours flying around about the court falling out of the chairman, the chairman doesn't like his input from the fans, it's the chairman's way or no way. And we just feel like we've lost the only connection we had with the boardroom. Like the only connection. Because Swan doesn't talk to us. In October, he, re he came out and said that he was upset with his own approach, that he didn't um, speak with the fans well or there needed to be some more discussions with the fans in a more intimate setting. That came out and everyone thought, yeah, great. Never happened. Just like a lot of other things, it's empty promises. It never happened. We've got no communication with the club or with the board. Yeah, and I think I, I would echo what Stu said there in terms of Simon's departure. You know, he, he hadn't been on the board very long. Um, his departure has already been confirmed. You know, he put out a statement on social media, and you know, it's it's now official on Company's House. Um, and yeah, it's it, you know, it's it's very disappointing. Like you said, you know, I, I wouldn't wish to speculate as to the specific reason, but whatever the reason is, it's not good. You know, he he worked really hard in despite of everything else that was going on in terms of trying to get sponsorship. Um, speaking with speaking with supporters, speaking with the community, you know, trying to get the local media back, um, and it's it, it, it's everything's just go, gone wrong. Well, you know, when I think, oh, it's okay. There's nothing else that can happen in the next week that's going to make it worse. I just keep getting proven wrong. You know, on on Monday, I think when it was announced, um, you know, we had more club statements that day than we've had away wins all season, um, like. It's, it's the something new every week. So I look forward to seeing what it is next week. It was... Your, your club statements as well were just non-existent. That They are, like, it's, it was horrific. I, I, I'll let you... Sorry, Stuart, I'm going to let you talk. But while you're talking, I'm going to pull up the uh, uh, a statement that I read because it was insane. They're just they're so basic. They don't give you much information at all, if any. And it, like Max said earlier, you end up with more questions than answers. And that's coming directly from the club. So a, a lot of the fans, that, they just we don't have a clue what's going on. And a lot, you see a lot of the fans now, I think we're all in the opinion that the owner's not good for the club. I think we're all in the opinion that we'd absolutely love it if we were bought out and he left. I, I, I think that's what all fans are hoping for. But at the moment, there's so many infighting between the fans about a lot of other topics, whether to boycott games, whether to protest, whether to all go and support. It's, it's at the point now where, where the fans are turning on each other as well. And yeah, That's going to happen in its due as well, though. But I'm going to just... Something that I said to someone the other day, I get it, it's a while ago, but we went away to Shrewsbury in 2005, I think, junior nil, largely forgettable game. They had Joe Hart in goal, we had John Walters up front. It's about all I remember about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we one nil and it um, secured us second and we got promoted to League One. As we walked around the side of the ground, the, the road was blocked. Full of Scunthorpe fans facing the stand, the outside of the stand, Shrewsbury stand, chanting and singing. And what did we have up on one of the top windows? Steve Warren, who was our owner and chairman at the time, hanging out, pumping his fists in the air with beer. Everyone loved it. And it was the sense of community. I mean, he was a fan as well as the owner, but it was a sense of community. And that's the biggest thing. I remember going with my father. I remember going with my cousins, my uncle. A lot of people have the stories of going with their own families. And it is just that. It's a community club, and that's just been torn away. That just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And as well, it's it's clearly not functioning well behind the scenes because we've been hemorrhaging staff as well. It's not just it's not just players. 
Um, you know, we had a coach who went to Peterborough only a couple of couple of weeks ago. Um, the club secretary is departing as um, the head of marketing, ticketing, and retail. A pretty big job at a football club. Um, they've they've left and not been replaced. Um, you know, there's rumours about other members of staff leaving as well. I, it cannot be a good place to work in. It ju- it just can't. And that atmosphere, you know, it's it's contagious. You you you, you can feel it. And you know, if we were going, even if we were going down, if we were going down with half a fight, then you might be able to keep the show on the road until the summer. Um, you know, I I look at Grimsby and Southend. They went down last season, and, and you know, their own supporters would admit that they were really poor sides in League Two last season. They got 43 and 45. Thank God for that, by the way, just, just as a point. Of fact, <laughs> God, they were, because there was a point we where we not... looked like we were in that position. Yeah, I mean, but we're not going to come close to getting that many points. Not, not, No way are we getting any any number beginning with four. I don't think we're going to get a number beginning with three. Um, and, you know, and, and you look at, yeah, it's, it's, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. That's the thing when you're discussing Scunthorpe and the problems and the medium term and the short term. What are the solutions? It's not where you start. It's where do you finish? I think, yeah. say for me, the start and the finish, and this is drastic and it's probably very straight to the point. The start and the finish is chairman's got to go. Owner's got to go. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so disillusional with a lot of things as well. If we go back to, to our first home game in the season, I think was it 3,600 were there? Um, against Harrogate, I think was it 2,200? around that area. There's about 1,400 fans staying away. Now, he's blaming it on fear of COVID and, and, and things such as that. It's not. The, the, the fan base is so torn between going and supporting the club and putting money into the club and basically staying away. Like, I mean, I, I've chosen to stay away. I watch and I follow. I stay away. I don't want Peter one at the club. I don't. And, and that, that's so just... You mentioned the COVID thing to me and I think... Again, we're trying not to make the podcast about anything but Scunthorpe. An example of fans proving that football fans aren't afraid of COVID is Bradford in this league. We're, we're, we're doing 14,000 fans a week. So at the minute, we're doing fifteen to 16,000 fans a week at home. Fans aren't scared of going to games anymore. So a couple of things, and I'm going to sort of lead us down to, to this thing here. Just on the, the before we do the statements issued by the club. There were two issues. One of them was about um, Simon Elliott leaving. Um, I actually reached out to Simon. He hasn't got back to me. I reached out to him yesterday, which I, I appreciate. He's probably, I think when you leave that sort of job, he's probably been silenced as much as possible for a, a long while. And, you know, fair play to him for sticking by that. That's fine. They're just very short, but the one I want to focus on is the, uh, the one about the handcuffs. And it, it literally states... A statement from fan elected director Neil Wright on behalf of the board of directors. The board is aware of events at a Harrogate game and have expressed their disagreement to the use of handcuffs by a safety steward. Whilst this use is legal, it is not something that the fans have seen before or will do again. The club is taking this matter seriously and will continue to investigate. First things first, it shouldn't be a, a fan elected director. That should be coming from the top. That should be... Peter Swan saying this is not happening. Mm. Secondly, it should be an apology because not only have has this person been handcuffed, the thing is they weren't handcuffed, said they? they're like the cable tie ones from what I can tell. Um, 
a lot of people around have witnessed that. And I don't think this person that was handcuffed was, was that old. I'm pretty sure they weren't an adult from what I've been told. Whether or not that's true, it's might be just hearsay. There needs to be an apology issued. And I, I think that for, for me, I'd be looking at my club and saying, you need a new security firm because the security firm have come out and said they will continue to do that Yeah, if they can need I, to. Can I jump in a little bit just before you chaps talk there? I think that obviously with everything that's going on at the club at the moment, what is the way to wind up a fan base than handcuffing and people seeing that? I mean, yeah. honestly, you are just going to cause an absolute uproar and there is a potential, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is true, a potential riot there by having that. And why why are we not seeing this week in, week out anywhere else? And, and, and I just want to say that before you guys speak. And I just think it, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Sorry, just before you do, Max, you brought up Millwall. You don't see that at Millwall. You don't see that at Leeds. And I'm not dissing Leeds because I'm a Bradford fan, but Leeds have been known <laughs> to have fans that cause a lot of trouble. You don't see that. Do you know why? Because there are police there. That is their job. Um, I know, yeah, I think, Chris, Chris, you've hit yeah, the nail on there. It's mad. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think you're right. Um, but it's, you know, it's not just the fact that they handcuffed the one fan in question who was who was over the wall. It's the fact that you know there was photograph there was photographic evidence of ordinary stewards, if you like, patrolling up and down the terrace behind the goal, wearing the handcuffs very visibly so that everybody could see it as a you know, basically, depending on your point of view, as either a deterrent or a, an intimidatory factor. There have been massive issues with the security generally. Um you know, I've been speaking to supporters very regularly who stand at the terrace, you know, the ones who are still going, the ones who, despite everything, have desperately been trying to create any kind of positive atmosphere at home and away games, just, just for ourselves, if nothing else. Um, and there have been stewards provoking supporters, you know. The kind of people who want to be nightclub bouncers but haven't got the charisma, like, unfortunately, that that's what people face. And... You know, there does come a point, and and I like Neil, the you know the the, the fan director who um, has only been on the board a, a week, and he and he you know and he cares and he tries, and I and I respect Neil, um, but there's going to come a point when both you know him and others and 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 the club as a whole have to grasp the ball by the horns because if you're hemorrhaging supporters, and we and that's exactly what we've been doing longer than this season, you know, attendance is at record lows. What's the last message you want to send down to people? Mm -hmm. We think you're a threat. You're not welcome. We don't care about your 20 quid to get in. And unfortunately, that's that's the message we're sending. And I will be really, really interested to see what the security and the stewarding is like next week, when, a week on Saturday when we're at home to Mansfield. Um, you know, we, Mansfield have sold out. We, and we they've think, got another 500 we, tickets, haven't they? Yeah, you know, if th there's going to be more away fans in that game than home fans. Um, yeah. You know, if they're going to bring 2,100, it's not going to be close. So, you know, the attendance will look good on paper. <laughs> That's because fans yeah. will have brought more than 2,000. It's, you know, it's it's indicative of everything. You know, it's like we've been saying, it's not just it's not just on the pitch, it's not just the boardroom, it's... It's not even the catering's rubbish. It's you know, it's it's everything. It's absolutely everything. And you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of hard work to do. And even if the chairman sold tomorrow, 
whoever came in and whoever replaced them would have the work cut out potentially for years to fix the on-field issues. You know, this is buckle up, Scum North fans, because this is not getting any better anytime soon. It's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But even if we had the new chairman and owner that came in that actually acted upon his promises to the fans and engaged with the fans and tried to steer us in the right direction, we'd all appreciate it. We'd all get behind the team. We'd all get, you know, we'd all be back in the ground. It's just, yeah. And I think, I think Stu hit the nail on the head with what he said earlier as well in terms of COVID. You know, again, I, I look at Grimsby, obviously, because it's just up the road from us, you know, um, their chairman, um, who Peter Swan has been compared to by a number of people, um, John Fenty, or their ex-chairman, John Fenty, who finally sold up in the summer after years and years and talking about it. Even though Grimsby went down, their crowns doubled overnight in the National League. And they're still nearly double what they are now. And they're not ripping up the National League by any stretch of the imagination. But even just being on the fringes of the playoffs is better than winning you know, four in fifty-three, and I think that's that's what our record is. It's just, yeah, it's 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 very disappointing. And in the end, if you keep promising people the moon on a stick, they they will expect you to deliver. Even in what you know, in his most recent comments last week, Peter Swan said, "I'm not focusing on next season. I'm focusing on us winning all eight of our last games to stay up." I mean. <laughs> You know, what you've, got to admire is, you've got to admire that you've got to admire um, if he if he genuinely believes that you've got to admire it I suppose if, but... if, if he if he genuinely believes that Peter <laughs> I've got magic beans to sell drop me an email um, you know and even, I don't even think before... Peter's one's going to be in your inbox anytime <laughs> even, I'm not going to lie before Christmas, even before Christmas his, his exact quote was Scunthorpe I'm not going down I will not allow it well you know, we're going to be going down mathematically with four, three, four games to spare at, at this rate. Um, yeah. You know, we're going to be the first side that's up or down in, you know, the top five or six divisions in English football. And, you know, it's it's putting us out of our misery, basically, because that's what it is right now. It's a misery. And it goes back to, again, you know, if he's making those comments, which he's, you know, entitled to do. I'm not going to say anything about that. But then you sell Ryan loft around about was it the first or second of january i mean it was right at the beginning of the window wasn't it, it was. yeah uh, and, and then, you, said, you know the, the replacements were suboptimal and they took and they took four weeks or nearly, nearly four weeks right is it any wonder we're not scoring and for 60 and for sixty thousand pounds for the fact that you were struggling yeah. for sixty thousand pounds you were prepared to take that risk to replace, uh, I don't know if you guys agree, but your best player um, out of the team for sixty thousand pounds. Bristol Rovers on was it the second of January? I, I, I don't know it why. It was I'm really early. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was really early. Um, and you know, I and, and I think you know because obviously then Miles Hippolyte went as well. You know, the only game we won away from home all season was away at Oldham. Fittingly enough, we scored three goals in the second half in the space of about fifteen minutes. Ryan Loft scored twice and he set the other one up. And the other one was scored by Miles Hippolyte, who also set up the other two. You know, those two players are going to be playing in League Two next season and neither of them are going to be playing for us. Yeah, I mean... I mean, potentially Loft's going to be playing in League One. Yeah. yeah. If, he, if, if Bristol go up. Um... I think, But I think it's important to mention as well, we've talked about Hippolyte, we've talked about Loft, we've talked about, I mean, like Isa as well. 
for me last year, they were your three best players. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think they were your three best players. Uh, certainly against, I mean, in the 500 games that we had against you last season where we get <laughs> called off every two minutes. Those oh, it was three the snow, players, wasn't it? Wasn't it the snow about 15 minutes in? Yeah, we got yeah. Off and we travelled all that way, yeah. Hippolyte was incredible against us. Ice was incredible against us. Love was great against us. And I just, for me, why would you get rid of those? But again, again, this is why I'm here. the outside of you. And it's just strange. And Hippolyte... Um, he, he, he's yeah, he's going to be playing in League Two next season, and he's he's a big loss to you guys, massive loss. One that's really baffled me, and I don't I don't know how you feel about it, Max, is the transfer window ended for league clubs, still open for national league clubs. Mm-hmm. We let Manny go back to Dagenham and Redbridge. You know, yes. a central defender that's played most of the games this season, and we just let him go. We've no chance of bringing a replacement in. What's that about? Yeah. Yes. Do, do, you, do you think he's maybe trying paper, to keep some harmony? Do you, do you, maybe there's some harmony, there's some issues there with, with trying to keep harmony in the club. Um, and if you've got a player who's determined and does not want to be there, um, you, you, unfortunately, obviously we don't see what goes on behind the scenes. So a lot of what we talk about is pure speculation. But a player leaving for me in that position going you know, mid-season when you know you've got no chance of replacing, that to me says that player was done. That player did not want to play, and you have to cut your losses. But he was, we he was we playing. did it. We did it. We lost our captain in January. Yeah. Um, he, he was playing pretty much every game, and as far as the performances of the rest of the team go, he was all right this season. He was probably one of our better, without setting the world on fire, obviously. He was probably one of our better players this season, almost reliable. Still not great, but compared to the current crop, yeah. so, yeah. And and that's and that's and, and that's the thing for me as well is that if if on paper you were trying to create a transfer strategy that looks like a club had given up, well, I think this is this is what you describe selling your top scorers in January, uh, centre half joining a non-league club, you know, only two, three, four weeks ago, um, no no replacement coming in. Um, I mean, our, our best player this season by some distance has been has been Rory Watson, our goalkeeper. Um, we look, we, we look like we're going to break the record for the most amount of goals that we've ever conceded in any league season ever. Um, our goal difference is already worse than it has been at the end of any Scunthorpe season in history. We've got seven games left, and it's already you've, you've got a goal. You've got a goal difference that has an extra goal for every league game of this season. Yeah, yeah, minus absolutely. Four, well, almost minus minus forty five. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And you keep as your best player. And, and, he, and he has been, you know, about a month ago, um, you know, manager Keith Hill, who again, I don't actually, I don't actually blame him. You know, Hill is a good manager and has done good jobs at clubs on not big budgets, but he's only human. You know, I, probably our best player in the last six weeks um, has been Harvey Cribb, who's a yeah. 16, he's only just turned 16, who is still doing his GCSEs. Um, I'd say the last he's, he's started every game the last sort of six weeks or so. I reckon the last month he's been our best player. Um, and in, in many ways, it, it would be easier if we could pinpoint the players and say that you're not trying or that you're not working hard enough. With the exception of a couple of spells, maybe the first half away at Harrogate, maybe the fir- maybe half an hour or so again away at Sutton, there haven't been too many times this season where I fought with the players' efforts. Even in games that we've lost, 
you can see that they're working hard and that they're doing their best. They are, as a collective, and in the majority of cases, individually, nowhere near good enough. Nowhere near good enough. This side, as it stands, would not finish in the top 15 of the National League. And I'm probably being optimistic on that front. Not even close. Going back to the Harvey Crib thing, and this shows you what an absolute state the, the, the club's in. He's a 16-year-old lad that's doing his GCSEs, and he's been off. He's still on a youth contract, and he's been offered a, 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 a full contract with the club. He's stalling on that contract. He's stalling. 16 years old, stalling on the contract because he can probably go somewhere better. That's and, the state of the club at the moment. But but that's the thing is that I haven't spoken to any supporters who blame him for that fact, yeah, and it comes back to a bit a, a bit what people we were saying earlier in terms of players wanting to leave the club. I think that is a factor. However, you have to ask yourself, why do the players want to leave the club? Is it because we can't buy a win? We can't buy a goal? Is it because over the last four years, so we finished 23rd in League One, uh, 20th in League Two in the COVID shortened season, 22nd in League Two, and now it looks like 24th in League Two, is it because the last four years it's been non-stop pain? Is it because the atmosphere with the club and you know the ownership issues and staff behind the scenes leaving? Is it because that's just soul destroying? Um, you know, I I think it might have something to do with that long list of factors. And you know, you have to you have to want and try to create an atmosphere where where players want to come. And if you can't create that or you're a barrier to that, well you need to be honest and you, you need to get out of the way and improve things one I way think, or the other. I think though, I think both of you, Max and Shu, I think that also I'm going to play a devil's advocate here is that obviously if he's, you know, he's, he's 16 years old, um, he probably has, listen, it's happening, you know, in other clubs, it, it doesn't matter how well they've been run. It doesn't matter how badly that they've been run. You know, like you've said, you know, you, you mentioned that there is potential that maybe another club have come in for him. To be fair, that's that's his right, and it oh, might definitely. obviously, obviously, I, I get that because obviously, you know, the situations at the moment with Scumfop, I wouldn't read too much into that. That that could be, you know, that he's been promised the world elsewhere, regardless of of the situation at Scumfop, yeah. and I think that that is also something that needs to be pointed out as well. Really, um, you know. But then again, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, it could have been happening anywhere, anywhere, couldn't it? Yeah, but ga- guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Go on, sorry. Go on, sorry. Go on, sorry. I think it feels like deja vu a bit because it was only a couple of seasons. Um, Joey Dawson went to Celtic. He couldn't time down onto a full-time contract and he, he eventually went off to Celtic. And it was only when other clubs became interested. We actually tried to. And it's the same with Crib. We're only now trying to time down once there's interest from elsewhere. Well, what are we playing at? Yeah, and I think I think what we're gonna do, guys, because um, we we have gone on, and I, what I, what I do think is we're gonna put this out. We're gonna let people listen. There's gonna be some. I don't want to say backlash, but there's gonna be some responses. So it may be worth potentially doing a part two um, at some stage because there's a lot of a lot of people wanting to speak. So what what I'm gonna say is I'm gonna read this last quote that I've got, um, and, and genuinely this this for me was someone inboxed me and I said, just sum it up for me. Just just sum up Scunthorpe for me at the minute. And he just sent back four words, 
he just put horrible lost our club. That's all he said. And I think that sums up the feeling at the minute. And I, and I want anyone at Scunthorpe, whether it's Peter Swan, whether it's any of the other directors, that's the general feeling now. Um, the one silver lining for you guys, if Grimsby don't go up, you've got a local derby next season. So <laughs> let's try and focus on a positive. You've got that game next season. Um, but guys, I am going to wrap. We're going to get this put out sort of as, as soon as we can because people have I've had three messages while we've been doing this asking when it's coming out. So we, we're going to move quickly. Um, has anyone got anything else they want to add that they feel that we've not touched on? Yeah. Of course we have, Chris. Of course. Well, every week, something because I didn't get the chance. Please, Scumfort fans, do not think that my background is 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 uh, <laughs> that's his you. that's his Twitter handle, by the way, no, at Dizzy listen, Up the Guy. Genuinely, <laughs> Levi is my favourite player, um, and I try to do because usually I have a Bradford background. I don't want people thinking that I'm trying to uh, and uh, you know take 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 the mick or and obviously you know you've listened to the interview, you, you well the podcast, and you've heard what we've said. Please don't think of that. I just thought I'd do something a bit scunthought, but obviously it's been from a couple of people who might have been taken the wrong way, and I genuinely did not mean that. I genuinely we, did not mean that to do that. I really did. We've got form, though, Chris, haven't we? Because we did spend the first two podcasts with uh, Mike Fondop as our background. We did. <laughs> a, just we to did. wind up all of them. So we've got form. But, guys, Grant usually walks us out. He's not here, um, as you can see, with his little birthday hat on. So I'm going to wrap it. Max Stoop, thank you so much for coming on. It's been, yeah, it's been really, really eye-opening for us. Um, quite shocking. A bit lost for words in terms of opinions and how we should do it. I don't really know where to go with this next, but we'll look at doing a part two for anyone who wants to come on. Um, so, guys, this is the end. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. I'm trying to think what Grant says. Um, do all the stuff that you would do if you were going to stalk someone on social media, but do it. This towards... is why we get Grant to do it, mate. This yeah, get... <laughs> I used to do it. I've just not done it for so long, and I realised about a minute ago. Ah, oh, shit, I've got to do it myself. Um, like us on Spotify. Give us five stars on Spotify. Comment whatever you want. That's Grant's line. You can call us whatever you like in the comments, but give us five stars, um, guys. This has been the lower league look. The lower league look. <laughs>